Access Bodybuilding. I'm Aaron Singer. My co-host for this evening, legendary NPC bodybuilder, maybe the, the, the best known NPC bodybuilder since the great Dave Palumbo, PJ Braun. Wow. Holy crap. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I figured I'd give you a nice intro since you're doing me the favor of replacing Christina Voynich, who is in route to St. Louis to visit her parents before heading to Las Vegas, Nevada for the Mr. Olympia contest, where me and you will both be at this time tomorrow. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. You know what, PJ? It's not going to be like the old days. Well, at least not for me. I guess for you, you can do whatever you want. But uh, for me, married man with a baby and everything, you're going to be going, and we're going to be roommates once again uh, with a different, for me at least, with a different uh, goal for the weekend. Yeah, I think perhaps maybe you'll want to like hang a curtain in the middle of the room, and we'll have my side and the single side, and your side can be the married side. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, man. I'll have to buy some extra vodka if that's the case. <laughs> um, I will, uh, I, you know, back in the day, we've had a few moments where we had to ask each other to leave the room to get yeah. privacy. Um, I will definitely allow that to a point, but I must do my work, PJ, and I will not do my work in the hall, so... One of my favorite moments was we were sharing a room, and um, I was with the woman that I was with, and you were with your woman, but when, when I had finished with my woman, um, I listened, and, and you were having a conversation with the girl that you were with, and instead of talking about like you know sexual things or, or anything of that matter, I heard you going, and fourth place is going to be Tanji Johnson. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Third place is probably going to be Oksana. And I, I remember just hysterically laughing when I heard that coming out from the other room. I'm afraid to ask this because I'm worried the answer may be no. But didn't I eventually marry that girl? Um, I believe the answer is is mm, actually. Oh wow! Shows my memory. No, actually, you did not marry that. Girl. Oh fuck! Damn it! <laughs> I hope Daryl's not listening. Okay. Um, I had a conversation with her as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, who knows what was going on there? Um. I wasn't. It wasn't. We were not doing anything sexual while I was relating the uh, the the placings to her. No, no. You're, that was just your private time together. <laughs> That's what you were doing with it. Um, all right. So um, let's. Um, so normally, what we do at the show is that we list off the the subject matter that is discussed. Or Christina lists off the topics. Mm-hmm. This show is going to be a relatively short show, PJ, because um, I'm pulling you out of your Olympia packing and preparation mm-hmm. um, to uh, to do this show with me. So. The main topics that I want to talk, touch on today um, is, uh, number one, um, Todd Jules' accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, Generation Iron, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Uh, and number three, uh, Aceto's Angels, which is the uh, article that I just posted up on uh, RX Muscle, my gossip column. And then anything else that comes up about the Olympia, we'll talk about it for a moment. Um, but um, let's start off with uh, Todd Jules. Okay. So Todd Jewell is driving home from Spokane, Washington, where he went to go see the NPC Night of Champions. And uh, so he was out there attending the show, and uh, he uh, stayed the night and drove back. And as he was driving back, uh, he uh, he actually stopped first. I should give the whole story. So he stopped to eat lunch with his brother, cutting the four-hour drive in half, basically. Uh, so he went and ate lunch, and then he left uh, lunch with his brother. And about 30 minutes into the car ride, he uh, fell asleep while driving, hit a 30-foot rock wall with his uh, Honda Accord, flipped end over end. Is meant more times than he than he can recall. He doesn't know how many times he flipped over, but he remembers the impact. He remembers waking up to the impact and the car flipping and flipping and flipping and flipping. And um, when it landed on its uh, on on uh, actually on the roof, 
he uh, had a few moments of panic where he thought he was stuck in the car, which I can imagine would be pretty scary because he's got a seatbelt on, you're upside down. Yeah. So, um, and having that kind of trauma, I can only imagine that that would be a, a very scary moment. And uh, he kicks the door out. Um, one of the doors that was bent in, he was able to kick it out, climb out of the car, uh, relatively unscathed, PJ. He walks away with some uh, scrapes from actually climbing out of the car with the glass and stuff and some very severe bruising, he said. But he is... Uh, Fully intact. Pretty unbelievable, huh? Unbelievable. I mean, I don't know if that's bad luck or just fantastic luck. Yeah, it's almost like he's got a little bit of both at the same, at the same time, right? Yeah. A lot of both. You know, uh, he he had that, that run-in with the bank robber where he, he saved the bank from being robbed a few years ago. I don't know if people, everybody knows that. He actually, um, he stopped one of uh, one of the, um, I don't know if he's not, I think he might be Mer- one of America's most wanted. Uh, he was a big-time bank robber called the Old School Bank Robber. And um, he would go in there, and they call him the old school bank robber because he would wear a uh, just a um, what's it called uh, a handkerchief on his face, like a uh, what do they call that thing Sean Ray wore on his head? What was that? He wears a do rag on do rag. Yeah, it was like a, no, no, no. Sean Ray didn't wear a do rag. He wore a bandana. Bandana. Yeah. yeah. So the old school bank robber he wore a bandana to cover his face, and so um, Tudjul happened to witness this in front of him at the teller. I heard the teller, give me all your money or I'll kill you or something. So Tudjul basically grabbed the guy from the back and body slammed him and uh, held him down. Because the guy, imagine you're the the, the, the uh, old school bank robber. This guy is a multiple of felon, uh, multiple convicted felon. He'd already been convicted like two or three times. Mm-hmm. So he knew, knows that in California, or in, in Seattle and Washington, if he gets caught again, they do a three strikes law. So if he gets caught again for another felony, he's going to jail for the rest of his life. Yep. So imagine how hard you'd fight if you know that if you get caught in there, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. So uh, Todd wrestled him down on the ground and, caught, and held him there uh, for like 10 minutes until the authorities were called and actually arrived and arrested him and uh, ended up breaking the guy's ribs and like shattering his uh, cheekbone and just basically beating the shit out of the guy. <laughs> and he got an award for that. He was honored, and he got like a... An FBI award uh, for like Good Samaritan, pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. So then he went from there. He was a hero. Yeah, hero. And he was on top of the world. And then he went from there to um, his what? Did his lung collapse or something? Yeah, a really bad health scare. I don't remember the whole thing, but I think he's had multiple health scares. Yeah, I don't know if it started with like pneumonia or something. And I think one of his lungs collapsed, and he was in the hospital. Um, I'm not like, sure what it was. I don't know. Do you remember that for sure? Or is that, yeah, you, yeah, I'm pretty sure one of his lungs collapsed. And I, I think I he's had another was, problem too. Then I think he's had two problems, but I'm not, I don't want to say for sure. But he's had he's had some some definitely tough times. He's also had some good times. You know, you winning the the yeah, uh, he national. came back from all that and then yeah. turned pro. So winning the overall at nationals, beating yep. uh, some good guys, beating uh, uh, Ang Wen, who's a very uh, good uh, bodybuilder. Yeah, he had some good guys in his class that he beat that yeah. year. He beat. Uh, the giant um, from New York. What's his name? Max Charles. Yeah. Charles. Um, yeah. Uh, he, 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 that was I, the year, if you remember, that was the year that everybody thought Keith Williams was going to win. Yeah, uh, Keith Williams. Remember, he, yeah, he had won. That was like his fifth or sixth time yeah. second place. Yeah, Todd really brought it that year. Yep. Um, so, you know, he, it's good Good for Todd. I'm very happy. Ted is one of the very nice guys yes. in bodybuilding. And now, I guess, one of the very nice guys in pro bodybuilding. So, um you know, I'm glad to see that he is okay, and he's actually going to compete in India at the Shrew Classic in uh, two weeks. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if, um, you know, there'll be anything that comes out later on, you know, a few days, a week from now, that they, 
maybe the doctors didn't see right away some internal bleeding or anything like that from a horrible uh, accident like that. I hope not. I mean, the, the pictures, if people are curious to see what I'm talking about, you can go into uh, RX Muscle and go to um, articles and go down to my muscle gossip column, and you'll see on there in the columns, uh, the, the second to last one uh, was about Todd, and you got pictures of the actual accident of the car and the remains, and it's a very dramatic pictures. I mean, you would look at the pictures, and you would definitely, if I told you that somebody died in that car accident, you would definitely believe it from looking oh, at the yeah. picture. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty pretty crazy you walked away. Very, very lucky. Very lucky. Uh, next uh, story on our list is actually going to be the interview of the week. And uh, the guy is uh, Vlad Yudin. Uh, he is the per- director of the uh, Generation Iron. That that interview will take place after the commercial break when PJ and I are done. I uh, encourage you to listen to the interview because he goes into a lot more detail than uh, what me and PJ are going to talk about now, and you can hear directly from Vlad. So Generation Iron is uh, supposed to be the continuation of um, of Pumping Iron, basically. You know, they took that premise and that those films, the Pumping Iron film uh, with George Butler, and uh, took that, and they wanted to create a... Uh, a new version, basically, PJ, like a uh, an updated pumping iron, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a pretty decent budget, uh, like a real, like a, a movie budget, you know, not a big movie budget, but a movie budget uh, where they can have multiple teams following around multiple people for for days at a time, all over the country, and uh, they have access to all the best athletes because this is approved by the organization, and they partnered up with AMI, which obviously owns Flex, the Olympia, and uh, and um, Muscle and Fitness. And they have all those archives, the video archives, the picture archives. Mm-hmm. So they've got all the stuff that's necessary to make a really great movie. Now, the question is, will it be a really great movie? We don't know yet. It won't come out till the summer of 2013. What do you think it takes to make that a good movie, PJ? Uh, a, a modernized director um, that is understands bodybuilding but isn't just a bodybuilder because uh, it could come out kind of cheesy if they do that. I think um, I agree with that. I, and, and this guy is is from the actual filmmaking. Uh, yeah, I would like to, profession. Yeah, a real filmmaker, not a bodybuilder, you know, or somebody that loves bodybuilding that makes films. I, I would like to see it, you know. I mean, Pumping Iron was great, you know, but um, I think with the guys we have now, there's not really a personality like Arnold. That's know? that is the um, you just that you just hit on the the main point of um, when when um, Vlad and I were talking, and one of the things that I thought of before. Is because he wants to. This is not a movie just for bodybuilders. This is a movie that's going to be out in the mainstream theaters. Yeah. Um, and he's hope they're hoping to make money on it. And obviously, you know, if you if you spend a million dollars to make a movie, and you're expecting to make a million dollars back selling it to bodybuilding fans, you have you have no you're, you're a moron. You know, there's yeah. no chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, um, the plan is to appeal to the general public. And the reason, what to me, what made that movie so appealing to the general public, other than bodybuilding, was like totally alien to people was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm not sure at a list of the people that he has, or even the people that are in bodybuilding now, we have anybody who um, who really comes too close to that. Let me tell you who's in the movie, PJ, so you can have an idea. You tell me who's the Arnold out of these guys, okay? Or if you could see somebody being an Arnold. Phil Heath. Okay. Kai Green. Mm-hmm. Victor Martinez. Okay. <laughs> Victor's obviously going to be the, uh, the, the, the drama. You know, they, they're probably... I mean, you got to figure they're including him there. They want to keep him because, man, all the shit that's happened to this guy, it makes for a compelling yeah. story. I was getting deported, broken arms. All this other shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, then you got Hidetari Yamagishi, I guess maybe the uh, the international element, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't speak a lot like great English, so it's not yeah. like it's, you know. Um, uh, ben Pakowski. Mm-hmm. And um, who did I forget? Uh, I said Kai. 
Dennis Wolf, mm-hmm. the German element. He's German. I mean, you never yep. know, right? Mm-hmm. So um, out of those guys there, what do you think? Jeez. Aye, aye, aye. Who's going to be the closest to Arnold? Yeah. Well, man, I don't know. That's like uh, giving me like a gallon of, of pennies and being like, why don't you try to pull a quarter out of there? <laughs> um, uh, nobody uh, in that group is stands out to oh, me. Oh, Branch Warren, too. I'm sorry. I, met, I did not mention Branch Warren. Branch Warren also. Um. Oh man, I don't know. That's really tough, man. I don't know how. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you have to assume they're going to make Phil Heath be the be the Arnold, right? I mean, you would I, think, you would think, but I don't. You know, he did mention when I in the interview. You'll, you'll notice when I ask him that question, Phil Heath is the first name he um, he says. I actually think you know this is interesting, and you, you may not agree with this just on your own personal preference of the person, but I actually think Ben Bukowski is the closest. The difference is he's not he doesn't have the likability necessarily the factor that Arnold did. He's not like super charismatic, but he is he is intelligent enough. He is he has that cockiness, you yeah. know. He is uh uh very smart, you know, he's calculating and uh and uh, and he's definitely I could see him being more like a bad guy Arnold. You know, not that Arnold was a good guy, you know. He gave yeah. bad advices and stuff, but he uh I could see Ben of all those guys, that's the only guy I can ever imagine with people like being like, you know, maybe they wouldn't be like, ooh, he was cool, but they would be like, ooh, he was a bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ben would have to play it up, though. Ben yeah, would be Ben. He's smart enough to play it up. He can be a manipulator, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it would be, I actually recommended him off the air. I, I made sure to tell tell Vlad that, that I thought that, um, that, or maybe I mentioned during the interview that I thought Ben would be the best. But anyway, um, Let's move on to the, uh, the the next one on our list is Aceto's Angels, and I wanted to um, to mention uh, this. It just went up on the site, and um, Chris Aceto, who people loved the interview last week, I got more praise and comments about how good Chris was and how good the interview was and how well it flowed last week than any interview that I've had in recent memory on Access Bodybuilding. So uh, thank you to that. So I wanted to cover a little bit of what uh, Chris said about some of his guys he has um four guys in the show um obviously sean roden in the open who is his uh i guess you would say that's in, in a way i guess you'd say that's your headliner guy right because he's yeah. an open guy he's the top open guy then you got two really good guys both competing for the um the 212 olympia uh the actual their actual contenders and that is uh um uh edward eduardo correa and also jose raymond so uh, those are two great guys. And then Derek Farnsworth, who is the, probably one of the more, most unlikely Mr. Olympia competitors because he is, uh, what, five foot nothing, right? Yep. So it's pretty amazing that uh, that he was able to take um, Derek Farnsworth, who is a great guy and a very good bodybuilder, but it's so small in structure that I think it's safe to say that I don't think that Derek ever really honestly believed he would compete at the Olympia. No, it's a very exciting time for him. I mean, this is like a, a dream come true, you know I mean? For anybody, but Derek's been a pro for a long time, and um, you know him and Chris have a, a, a recipe for success going on right now. Yeah, it just goes to show you if you have enough detail in a lot of these people that chase a weight. Yeah, you have enough detail and you're complete enough, uh, you can win a bodybuilding show, even the very biggest, some of the very biggest bodybuilding shows. Well, he had a couple of second place finishes, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's a win for for Derek for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he got it. He got it on an on, in on points on the point system. Yes. Um, um, let's talk about. Um, let, me, let me read off what Chris has to say about each guy. And I, by the way, I have a picture in this article of Sean Roden doing a front double bicep, uh, like a week or two. I think he's like ten days out in this picture. And you saw the picture, and you're like, "Whoa, he looks yeah. tremendous, man!" 
Ricky. I mean, he's got a great front double bicep anyway, but... Is he still considered a dark horse at this point or no? I don't know. That was interesting. Me and Christine the last week on, on Access Bodybuilding actually talked about that. He was my dark horse pick, and uh, she didn't pick him as a dark horse fi- pick, even though she was first, and she said she didn't even consider him a dark horse anymore. And you know what? She might be right. Yeah. Yeah, he's really amazing. He's amazing. When you win two shows in a row, two competitive shows at the end of the year, like yeah. Tampa and Dallas, maybe you shouldn't be. Uh, but top six is such like... Hallowed territory yep. in bodybuilding. That's a big deal. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. That's for sure. He's the real deal. Well, he is the real deal. Okay, so Sean, uh, this is what Chris Acido says about Sean Roden. I see him higher than sixth place at the Olympia. I think that if you take a, a if you think he is a wheeler body, then somebody with a wheeler body in tremendous condition with a very effective front double bicep, abs and thigh, and side tricep has to be a lot higher, or a bit higher than sixth place. What I know and what I'm surprised about is this version of Sean Roden beats what showed up six weeks ago in Tampa and then in Dallas. This guy mentally has it, and he put it in the work necessary to be right up there. I'm impressed, and I'm excited to see how it goes down with Sean. That's cool. Pretty big praise. One of the things about um, Chris Aceto that that um, most of the people listeners probably already know, Chris Aceto doesn't blow smoke. Yeah. Doesn't blow smoke, and he doesn't brag on guys that don't deserve you know, bragging, basically. Uh, he'll never tell he's never tell me that a guy is going to do well or he's going to win unless he really did mm-hmm. you know I've never I've actually had Chris tell me more times that his clients are not going to do well oh he's a straight shooter I've spent a lot of time with Chris yeah. he's in the post uh, this is what he says about Jose Raymond this is a different Jose anybody who thinks Jose is showing up at less than his best then they just don't know about the 16 weeks of hardcore monk like preparation he's maybe the most dangerous guy in the 212 because he carries the pre- prerequisite mass and conditioning, and he has had a super a couple of weeks, and he has been super for a couple of weeks now, and has a very nasty front double bicep. Anything can happen with Jose. He's mentally ready for the show. On a side note, I talked to Jose uh, yesterday, and he said he actually hasn't had the internet or TV for months because he's been focusing on the show, and he doesn't want to be sidetracked by anything. Wow, now, that's so different because Jose is like uh, he's an internet junkie, and he, yeah, yeah, and he, he loves, like, yeah, he loves movies and TV. So for him to to only be thinking about the Olympia, that's got to be uh, it's got to be different. Yeah, that's hardcore. I'd be bored out of my mind. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just eating meals, doing cardio, dieting, and uh, and sitting by yourself? I mean, I guess he's reading books or something. I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine that actually. Maybe he's like Kai Green. He's drawing pictures and journaling and stuff. Do I at least get some porno? I don't think so. Well, how are you? Gonna, I guess you get a porno magazines. He didn't say that he didn't have that. Oh, that's weak. That's like old fashioned. Wow. Yeah, maybe he had some magazines. Uh, maybe he can pull up porno on the phone. Maybe that's okay if he has an iPhone. <laughs> um, I should have asked that. Um, Eduardo Correa. Eduardo is the hardest guy around. Already beaten Flex Lewis the only, the only one time they've met. He's better than he's ever been, and he's Dr. Cool. Eduardo never worries, stresses, just approaches his show to be the best. And that's one big reason he nails it every time around again and again. And uh, that's true. It's a good pa- fact that Chris points out that he beat Flex Lewis the only time they've come up head-to-head. Wow. Uh, or one time. No, no, that's not true. One time they've met, he said. so they Because they, they, he, he lost to Flex Lewis the year before last, right? Or last year. When did he beat Flex Lewis? That's a good question. Let's see. Let's pull out the old uh, trusty RX muscle here, and I'll, uh, I'll let you know. Are you expecting Eduardo to do... Uh, where are you? Where do you predict Eduardo to place? That's a good question. I mean, I think that Eduardo he now carries uh, open uh, mass, so I think that at two twelve he'll be one of the biggest guys there. 
Um, and obviously, he's always beyond shredded. Um, I think it's going to come down to, you know, how he looks against the guys with the better structures. Um, you know, I, I could see them placing Flex and Jose ahead of Eduardo. Flex and Jose. I could, too. I definitely could, too. So, at the uh, end of the day, I think that uh, Flex has a superior structure. And I, I, I also think that, that Jose actually has a superior structure. Some people criticize Jose for getting so big that he, he lacks separation now. Uh, but I still think he has the superior structure to Eduardo. I mean, Eduardo is a freak. Uh, his conditioning is mind-blowing. Um, so I guess if one of those guys is off, but I guess if everyone's their best, I, I think that we'd see both of them place ahead of Eduardo. Um, okay, so uh, Eduardo uh, beat him in the uh, 2009 202 showdown. Eduardo placed third, and uh, Flex placed fifth. Eduardo did not do the Olympia uh, the following year. All right, um, excuse me, is that right? Yeah, the uh, let's see the two. So that was 2009. So he beat him in 2009. There you go. That's a very, very, very young and and lacking muscle maturity. Big flex. time. Very big time. That's true. Because if you think about it, in 2009, three years ago, uh, Flex was only, what, 26 now, 27 now? So he's like yeah. 24, 23 at the time. He was just a little kid. He was he's a baby. The, he's got the mature man muscle going now. Yeah. Big, big, uh, big difference. That's that's for sure. And Eduardo's come a long way, too. So yes. um, it would be interesting seeing that there. The, the difference is that Eduardo has a little bit unusual shape, that triangle shape we talk about that's, uh, that is a little weird compared to Flex Lewis's very flowing shape. Uh, and that's one of the reasons Flex, Flex Lewis beats open guys, and maybe Eduardo didn't. You know, I, I think that this year, in all honesty, that I'm a lot more excited about the 212 than I am about the open division at the Mr. Olympia. Yeah, me too. Me too, I you're right. That if there's no surprise in, in, in the open, Phil Heath's going to blow everybody away, and then it'll be a battle for second, third, fourth. But now that Kevin English is not competing, it's anybody's ballgame. You have to assume that Flex Lewis is the front runner, but, you know, he may come off and... You know, I, I, I mean, I, I am really good friends with Flex and Jose. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be really happy to see either one of those guys win. So, um, you know, it's it's going to make one of those guys day, that's for sure. One of the um, interesting points that a lot of people don't bring up or it seems to have gotten lost kind of in the uh, in the um, excitement and the news were coming out right before the Olympia here is Samuel Haddad could very well be the best 202-pound bodybuilder or 212-pound bodybuilder in the world right now, and he won't even be at the Olympia, which is interesting. Because of the point system, he didn't qualify because he only did the New York Pro, um, placed second, and lost to uh, Kevin English. A lot of people were upset about that placing and thought yeah. that, that he had no reason to be to not win that show, that Kevin shouldn't have beat him. Um, but since he didn't do another show, he didn't qualify, and um, so he will not be there. And, and uh, to be honest with you, um, that's that that that's kind of a shame because I think he would give Jose and Flex and Eduardo a run for their money. Well, he beat Jose in New York, right? Yeah, he beat Jose in New York. Yeah, I mean he's he's really outstanding. Who's advising him that didn't have him do a couple more shows? I don't know. I don't think I think that George Fair works with him, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. I guess when you live in the Middle East, you know, and is a really good sponsor up there, I believe. Um, I know you know mm-hmm. maybe it makes it difficult, or I, I really don't know. I mean, I I'm not a I'm not sure what he was thinking, but it is pretty surprising that he didn't do one of many shows that was right that was after that one that he could have yeah, walked I mean, you in have, and you beat him. To, you have to think, you know, ahead of time going in to compete against Kevin English, your odds are very, very slim. Absolutely, absolutely, the odds are the odds are almost uh, zero, 
as, yeah. as we saw at the uh, at the show. You have to. I mean, you have to really. You have to knock. You know, kill kill the champ, knock him out and kill him, stomp him to death mm-hmm. to beat the champ. Especially not at the Olympia. You know, you have to you have to knock the champ out to beat him at the Olympia. But to beat the champ at some other show at, at, at a. Uh, Especially at you know at a show big or I mean this isn't like the GNC show of strength where you know not all the judges were there that normally are there you know this is a show that this is um, everybody from the Olympia is judging the show so it's it's very very tough for it to happen it didn't happen and uh, if I were him I would have done the next two twelve show the next as soon as possible Wow, one hundred percent anyway um, this is an error on uh, really it's an error on his part because people can complain about the points and stuff like that but everybody knew including Sammy that. That's how it works now. So he just didn't didn't use that to his uh, that momentum to his um, to his best. But it does suck. As a fan, I would love to see him up there. So yeah, he'd be a force. Yeah. He would. I mean, he'd be, I, I believe that he would be a, a top three. So you know, that's it's a shame. It would be like us not having Kai Green in the Open because he didn't qualify. Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, what? You know, it's, it would be it would be that big of a of a of a hole almost. Um, so. PJ, anything else you want to add about the Olympia, or anything you want to talk about here? You want to, you want to have a topic? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm excited. Obviously, uh, another year, another Olympia. Um, I, I, I wish everybody luck, especially um, you know my good friend Evan Santapani in the Open. I think uh, this is you know a big deal. It's his first Olympia, and he's been hesitant to, to do it for a while. And I think he can definitely make the top six. I think anything uh, over six is a big victory for him. Um, and good luck to you know. Flex and Jose and everybody else competing, and I think it's going to be exciting. You know what? I want to wish good luck to our friend um, uh, Dr. Lane Norton, who will be uh, heading off the bodybuilding.com webcast uh, for the uh, bodybuilding and uh, 212 men. This is his um, first time doing anything like this, and he's taking over the spot of um, veteran uh, commentator and broadcaster Dan Solomon. So, this is a big, uh, big opportunity for Lane, and it's also a big job. So I got to wish him good luck, and uh, I believe he'll do a good job. Don't mess it up, Lane. He he called me tonight to prep, and we did some prep, and he he knows <laughs> his stuff. So good, good, uh, good. You know, I tested him a little bit, and I did like some. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, first thing that comes to mind when I say this name, Dennis Wolf. And like he's like, you know, he popped it out real quick, and I was like, good, good. Did he stumble with anything? No, no, he's pretty good. Oh. He's ready to go. He's uh, working with Larry Peppy. Um, who uh, who has been involved in bodybuilding and the media side for many years? Yep. Switched over to MMA a few years ago and now has one of the more popular MMA podcasts in the world. Uh, so, but you know, Larry keeps up with Larry's a lawyer by trade or by perf- I guess by I don't know by education because I don't think he does it anymore. But he has always been uh, interested in bodybuilding uh, for many many years, and I'm sure he's keeping up with everything. If not, Lane knows everything. He can he can kind of feed it to Larry. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. It's, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for Lane. Yeah, big opportunity. So, uh, congratulations, Lane. We'll be listening. And uh, I guess that's it, PJ. We're going to go to a commercial break. You and I will uh, continue packing. Hopefully, everybody listen through the commercial break and check out uh, Vlad Yudin, the uh, the director of Generation Iron. Uh, I can't wait till the movie comes out. September. Uh, I mean, excuse me, September. The summer of 2013. This movie will come out. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I will uh, I will be in line for the premiere. Yeah, anything that's going to be uh, highlighting bodybuilding, I'm all about it. I hope they do it in a in a way that the general public enjoys it. Yeah, that'll be the key. My my, I tell him my litmus test for bodybuilding movies is I get them for my parents and I play them and I see how long they how long they last. 
<laughs> you know my parents, so you can imagine that most of them don't get too far. That's funny. Uh, they watched all of Pumping Iron. They watched all of Pumping Iron, and my mom and dad made it through, I think, like, I think 50% or set, quite a bit of the first Kai Green video. Uh, my parents love Pumping Iron. Uh, I don't know if they would really uh, watch Kai Green. Um, uh, they watch all the stuff that we do, though. So Yeah, that's really what's important. My parents watch all of those videos. Yeah. All right, PJ. Uh, good night. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. Order today at highproteinbread.com. P28 is also now available at bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now, highproteinbread.com. P28 Bread, RX Muscle approved. So are you from Australia, paying far too much for supplements with the inflating weigh in amino prices? Why not check out the all-new RX Muscle Australia for the latest Australian and worldwide content and coverage. While you're there, check out Bulk Nutrient Supplement Store, the official supplement store for RX Muscle Australia. You can visit Bulk Nutrients at bulknutrients.com.au, your one-stop shop. And also check out the all-new rxmuscle.com.au. RX Muscle Australia, the truth in Australia bodybuilding. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling products. Asta RX, Halo Extreme, Sinistain RX, E-Control RX, Decadrol Max, Ultramail RX. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're missing. Visit Iron Mag Labs at IronMagLabs.com labs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements rxmuscle.com now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding diet and exercise up to the minute news and more visit the rxmuscle.com forums featuring celebrity q a's with ifbb professional athletes top amateurs and the brightest minds in the industry listen to our weekly radio shows including heavy muscle radio muscle girls inc after hours and more contest coverage videos even our own social network Working site RX Muscle Place. Visit RXMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. And today on the show, we're glad to have Vlad Uden of the uh, movie coming out, Generation Iron. Vlad, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And you're the director of this movie, huh? Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of give us a, a little bit of background. Um, I, I prefaced it a little bit earlier on the show with Christina. We talked about uh, the movie uh, Generation Iron and the kind of continuation on for Pumping Iron, but how did you get involved with this originally? Well, um, you know, my producing partner, Ewa Mejia, and I, we just hung off uh, finishing a sci-fi film. So we wanted to create a film which would be more organic and something down to earth, you know. So, you know, we were big fans of Pumping Iron, of course. It's a huge film. I personally love it, you know, and uh, we got a chance to team up with uh, Jerome Gary, who produced Pumping Iron. And uh, we started talking, you know, and we just decided that it's really time to um, create a new film about bodybuilding and really the characters of, you know, the bodybuilders themselves, you know. So we teamed up with him, and then later on we teamed up with America Media Inc. 
and uh, started this whole new project, which is basically the first time ever, you know, a movie like that is being created since Pumping Iron, you know, that touches on bodybuilding and actual bodybuilders and how they compete for the Olympia. Now, uh, Pumping Iron, I would say, was a docudrama. Would you say that's accurate, docudrama? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Is this uh, is Generation Iron also a docudrama, or are we looking at strictly like a documentary? Well, you know, it's it's both, really. It's it's definitely a docudrama in the sense that it's it's very cinematic, you know, and it's something that's going to be played in theaters in 2013. So it's it's very cinematic, and we definitely putting a lot of emphasis on production value of the film. So it's but it's documentary, of course, in the sense that it's real, and we're dealing with real people, real bodybuilders. Uh, their families and really, you know, exploring the world from the inside in. Now, um, look, first of all, before before we get too far into it, let, let, tell us the the cast of characters. You guys have what six bodybuilders you're following around, right? We're following seven um, bodybuilders. You know, um, we have of course Phil Heath, you know, the champion, the current Mr. Olympia. We have Kai Green. Uh, we have Branch Warren. We have Dennis Wolf, Rolly Winkler. And uh, we have Hiratari Mugishi and Victor Martinez actually also in it. And we have, of course, other bodybuilders and a bunch of other characters, but those are the primary, you know, the primary seven guys that we follow closely. How did you pick these guys, Vlad? What, what about these uh, seven in particular made you interested? Obviously, Phil Heath, the champion, right? But what, what about yeah. uh, these guys in particular? It comes down to stories. You know, we did a tremendous amount of research, and we worked closely with American Media Inc. and Jerome Gary, and my producing partner, Evan Mejia, of course, to really come up with a, a strategy here, you know, and to make it a really exciting film. And we felt like these seven guys here, um, you know, they were very entertaining, and they were really the guys that, uh, you know, show different sides of bodybuilding, of course, and showed, you know, different human sides as well. So it took a, a definitely tremendous amount of research. And, um, and also, I forgot to mention that Pukowski is in it as well. As he as one of the main characters as well, but you know it took a, a lot of research and it took a lot of interaction with these guys to really determine that this would be the best cast for this film. Um, let's uh, just give me an idea. You know, when, when I'm, I'm thinking back to Pumping Iron, obviously I'm sure this is something you probably hear a lot, but I'm thinking back to Pumping Iron. I'm thinking of these guys. Do you have at this point? I know we're not. You're not done filming it by any means or editing it. But do you have an Arnold character in mind? Is there somebody who is standing <laughs> apart from everybody else? That's what everybody wants to know, you know. <laughs> there, there are Arnold in the film, but it's it's how you look at it, really, because, you know, Arnold was very charismatic. And we have quite a few uh, characters in this film who are very charismatic and who talk and who are really uh, willing to open up. You know, you're looking at somebody like Phil Heath, you know, who's in his, in his own way, of course, uh, a tremendous character, you know. And you're looking at Dennis Wolf, you know, who's, <laughs> who's a German guy, you know, and it's... Right. Of course, brings a lot of personality to the film as well. And you have Kai Green, who's different personality, but also very colorful and very interesting and very, you know, outgoing at the same time. So, you know, they all bring something to it. And I think the combination of these guys is what's really going to make the film exciting. You know, it's the clash of egos and, and of course, you know, the build-up to the Olympia. That's what makes it so interesting. Um you know, I think when I'm thinking of these guys, like I, I know all of them pretty much personally, except with the exception of Phil Heath. I'm not like we're not buddies or anything. But um, you know, Ben Pakowski, you mentioned he to me, he's the. He, I don't know if you guys have cracked into the Ben Pakowski yet because he's sometimes uh, difficult to reach. But he is. Uh, that's he. He is the one that seems to me he might be a little more bad guy than uh, than Arnold. But 
you got to get him talking because he is a he's an interesting guy. He's an interesting guy. I could see him being that Arnold character. Yeah, he has, you know, he definitely has a lot of things to say, and, you know, he's someone who's competing, this is his first year competing right. at the Olympia, and he's very outspoken, definitely, he, you know, he, his main angle, I think, is the fact that he's, he discovered, you know, a new way of training, really, he's really pushing his methods of, you know, uh, using scientific methods, I would say, to, uh, to train, you know, it's quite a, his workouts are quite different, and he's using, uh, you know, science and knowledge right. as his angle, you know, so that's what puts him, I guess, in he's a like, little bit different category. He's like the opposite of Branch Warren. Yeah, the complete opposite of Branch Warren. You're absolutely right. Branch Warren, well, Branch Warren is, was one of a kind, too, because the way he trains, I've never seen anybody train like that. You know, it's just the whole style and, you know, the, the passion he puts into it. It's yeah. very different, absolutely. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. Well, when, do you, when did you guys start shooting this? I mean, when was this... Um, this project, when did you decide to begin, and, and how early in the year did you start filming these guys? Well, you know, we started filming officially uh, uh, early summer, uh-huh. you know, actually in July, to be more accurate, but, um, you know, we were also filming at different events before we started filming, uh, following these guys, and you know, all the way, the dates all the way back to uh, Auto Classic, you know, we started filming over there, and you know, getting to know the sport closer and closer, of course, and getting to know these guys closer and closer. And then we started full-blown production in, uh, in July. Yeah, I saw you guys at the Tampa Pro. I guess you were following uh, Hidetada at the time? Yeah, uh, Tampa Pro, we were actually there with uh, Hide and uh, they were rogue as well. Oh, yeah. That's uh, they were both competing. And, you know, a few other guys and Ben was there. You know, Victor was there also just in attendance. Yep. So at these events, you know, you always see a bunch of guys, and that's what's great about them. They all, you know, travel. They're either competing or they do guest posing or they do some kind of uh, activities over there. You know, Victor Martinez has, um, as I'm sure you know, he's had some unbelievably horrible luck uh, just recently breaking his arm in three places mm-hmm. in uh, in Mexico. You know, as horrible as that is for Victor, it's got to be like a a, um, a real boost to some of the storyline potentially for you, right? All this drama. Yeah, well, Victor, you know, he's definitely, uh, and just outside of the breaking of his arm, you know, he's been he's been having kind of like you know a very difficult year overall. Oh yeah, jeez. And um, you know, it was it was definitely interesting to watch him as he's struggling um, and trying to make his decision and, and trying to really figure out what his next move is. You know, so it's been very dramatic. And you know, Victor is a great great person. You know, and I feel like all those outside factors have been influencing him in different ways, you know, so it's been very dramatic and it's been very, you know, um, interesting to watch him as he's struggling with all that stuff, you know, but we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is the what is the process? I mean, you guys, how many teams do you have out there shooting to, ca- to capture all these guys and what they're doing in their preparation for the Olympia and, uh, and, and the show itself? Uh, it's got to be tough. It, it, um it is very tough, you know, because we have to, it's, when you, when you make a documentary like this, you have to catch a lot of great moments, you know. So you have to have a lot of smaller crews kind of filming with each other guy, you know, and when we're going to be at the Olympias, we're going to have even more, more smaller crews, you know, following each one. Uh, but we have one main crew, which kind of like, you know, um, goes from a person to a person, you know, or from event to event. And um, we have to really make sure that we capture those right moments. Because sometimes, you know, in a, in a film like this, it's, if you miss something, you miss it. You know, you can't get it back because it's, it's not acting, really. So um, 
even though we can set some stuff up, of course, and repeat it, but it's not going to be the same as if, when it happens right at that moment. So we have to make sure we catch it. Absolutely. What's the um, What's the craziest thing you guys have seen shooting? I mean, what's the most unexpected or, or most memorable moment you could think of shooting these guys? Uh, you know, it's, it's some parts that happen that I actually you know want to keep for the film because I feel like people are going to see it and going to be so surprised when they actually see it. Uh-huh. Um, you know what I mean? But um, to be honest with you, my I love to see an interaction between actual bodybuilders because you know it's it's um, it's very interesting to watch um, them kind of talking about each other. You know, outside of the without being with each other. You know what I mean? And then how they meet each other and how they, <laughs> how they interact. You know, it's kind of it's always funny to watch that. You know, of course because. You know, in their minds, they're the number one. You know, of course, of course, they should believe that. You know, if they want to be the winner, but then you know, obviously, they have to be you know more cordial with each other. You know, but it's it's funny to show that it's funny to watch that interaction. Yeah, it's they, funny uh, to see how different they are as well. You know? Yeah, bodybuilders definitely uh, they can have that whole. Uh especially at the top of the game, you notice that some of these guys have the whole kind of I don't I don't know maybe a peacock type deal going on. You know, they see one of them, ah, he's not so great. You know what I mean? Kind of talk yeah. themselves up. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, you know, in this film, they're definitely uh, not shy. Away. They don't shy away from talking about each other. You know, they definitely <laughs> have a lot of things to say. You know, so it's it's, it's fun to us. So in that in that sense, you know, you mentioned Arnold, and Arnold was very outspoken. You know, a character in that pumping iron. So we definitely have a lot of that, and you know, it's it's not that they do it for malicious reasons. You know, it's just because. It's really what they believe, and and in this film, you know, I had to, you know, I had to definitely gain a trust for them to open up like that because it's, you know, it, it's the sport where it's in many ways it's not open to the public, you know, for some reason. Um, bodybuilding is very, you know, it's very, um, it's a very close sport in the sense that they don't let outsiders in too much. No. It's very, you know, it, it's catered to that, take that sport into the fans, but when you come from a different perspective it's not very open you know so it took some time to really get to them and to, to have them trust me you know but it, it's definitely at a point where they do so you're getting some of the the stuff like i remember one of the great obviously everybody who's seen my yeah, remembers one of the great lines where where arnold is talking about uh he, he says um he says he's gonna give uh franco bad advices and, uh, you know, do, do, do you, have you gotten any, any classic lines that you think are going to be like, you know, yeah. you've had some stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. That's There's a lot great. of criticism of, of, you know, of each other going on too, because, you know, it's, it's like everybody claims that they technique of working out, you know, it's a proper way. So for instance, branch thinks that his way is absolutely the best or, you know, Phil thinks his way is the best, and Ben obviously comes and he he thinks his way is the best. You know of how to actually work out to get to get the best results, but and it's it's different. Like they all kind of train in a very different way. But it's like you know where they claim that their, their way is the best, of course. You know? But it, it's you know my, my opinion, of course, is that you know I want to see what happens after the show this year because. Yeah, people. Everybody thinks that they will be the winner, of course. So I'm, I'm willing to see. I, I'm really hoping to see, you know, how everything turns out afterwards. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking of. You're talking about how insular bodybuilding is and how it's not easy to break in. And you know, one of my mm-hmm. good friends, Mike Polsonella, uh, shot a lot of video with Kai Green, and um, he told me when he first started working with Kai, is that Kai was 
extremely proud of it. Now, this is, I don't mm-hmm. know, this is a few years ago now, so Kai may have, um, may be different in front of the camera now, but he told me that it was very difficult to get to get Kai to open up or really say, you know, he would do his, uh, his talk, you know, obviously Kai talks a lot, you know, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. talk around stuff and around stuff over and over, but it was hard to get anything like he felt was really like private with Kai. Um, have you found Kai to be uh, easier to work with now? I mean, not that he was difficult to work with, but just more, right. you know, allow you in. Yeah, you know, it, but it, like again, it took some time, you know, because uh, I had to make sure I interact with these guys before we start filming. You know, the thing is, like, if you show up with cameras to somebody's house or somebody's private life, it's like, and go ahead, you know, and I'm going to ask you questions. It's it doesn't work, you know, it will never work. So it took time to really um, interact before the actual production would start and, and see these guys at different shows, you know, and really, you know, get to know them just at least to the point where they they can actually talk about, you know, different things, you know. Uh, but if you just kind of show up and you just start filming, it, it, that would never work. I don't think every documentary would work like that. Unless the person has uh, been through uh, thousands of those things, you know. It, it's, it's definitely difficult. So you, you try to make friends with these guys first, or at least get to know them on a, on a personal level before you put a camera in their face. Yeah, definitely just get to, I mean, not friends. I wouldn't say that we became best friends, you know, but it's just to the point where, they know that this film is, you know, it, it seems like for many years people want to expose the sport for whatever reason, you know. Um, and that makes a thing bodybuilders very defensive. Um, and just, you know, promoters as well, just the whole industry is, is defensive because people, I think, try to, for some reason, find negative things and put them, put them out there. But this film is really focused on the, the actual people, the characters, and it's not, there's no hidden agenda here, you know, it's, it's, it's really the chance to really make a very honest film about these guys as they're competing and really show the rivalry and to show the competitive mode and to show their lives, you know, so they understand it. And that's what I was trying to explain to them. So you guys try to, try to stay on the same kind of line as, um, as the original Pumping Iron. There's no like drugs discussed or anything like that. No, no steroids talked about. Well, we talk about everything in the film. It's, there's no really topics that we're going to talk about. But, you know, but there is no agenda to, to focus on one thing and to expose that thing. You know what I mean? I think it's what a lot of people try to do for for years before this film. Before this film, I think they were trying to just focus on a few things and to make people look bad, really. But it's that's not the focus at all. I mean, we, we can talk about everything in the film, and we do talk about everything, but it's, there's no, like, one specific agenda, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, you know, it seems to me, I mean, that there hasn't been a, another... I guess really even attempt to do something at the same scale that you're doing this. Um, you know, we've had a lot of bodybuilding movies and, you know, like they have all the, uh, road to the Olympia series and they're, they're really, you know, they're shot with like a, you know, a camcorder and they're edited pretty sloppy. This is a whole, this is like a, a feature film. So what is the, what was the, um, what was the, I mean, basically you got to have a budget for something like this. How did you guys work this out? How did you talk uh, talk this up to to make this happen? I mean, did you go to AMI or did they go to you or how did this whole thing start? It's it, it a combination. I mean, you know, it, obviously, you know, um, started off with uh, kind of an idea that Edwin and I came up with, and then we teamed up. We made a partnership with Jerome Gary, who produced Pumping Iron. You yeah. know. Um, so it took some time to really get it going, but by the time, um, you know, AMI came on board, we already had a, 
I had an idea of what the film would be. And then sending up with AMI, of course, um, basically, you know, brought it for everything to life, you know, and it made a very strong partnership. So it's really two companies here. It's a blood air company um, and, you know, American Media Inc., who's putting this project together right now. And, of course, John Gary is, is one of the key producers. Um, he produced Pumping Iron. So it's it's really a, a partnership that, that focuses on making this film the best film it can be. Well, the and, fact... Uh, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really the focus. The focus is the film, you know, and everything we do, of course. Um, you know, the thing is, I'm obviously, I'm not connected to bodybuilding uh, in any type of way. So it's really, um, I think it's the best way to handle a project like that is to have somebody from the film world to come in and uh, tackle it from that perspective as opposed to somebody who's already in bodybuilding making a film, you know. I think that's the best kind of, that's why the partnership works because AMI obviously handles, you know, they handle the bodybuilding and uh, magazines and, and we come from the film perspective and making a film about it. Well, one, one of the cool things just from uh, working with AMI, I'm sure, um, is the, the fact that you'll have access to so many great uh, pictures and uh, their archive basically, right? For yeah, definitely, anyway. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'll have no uh, lack I mean, of material. They, they, have a, they have a tremendous, yeah, they, exactly. I mean, you're right. They have a tremendous resources. I mean, the, of course, Olympia and the, the magazines, and, you know, it, it's definitely a tremendous help. Yeah, absolutely. It puts you in a good position to, to make the, to, when it comes down to editing, to have everything you could possibly want uh, as far as um, stuff to clip in, you know. And, and access, like you said, at the Olympia, you'll have backstage premiere access to get everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to next week being there and, um, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be really exciting. Yeah, it, it always is, and it's gonna be. You're gonna, especially this is your first Olympia, so it always is. Uh, it always is a great event. Uh, Robin Chang puts yeah. on a pretty amazing event. You guys are gonna get in on Wednesday. Yeah, we're gonna be there. Actually, we'll be there next Monday. We we'll start oh, wow. filming okay. next Monday in Vegas. So we're gonna have a full, pretty much full week before the actual Olympia. Great. So, um, I wanted to ask you. When this thing comes out, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna try to have this in all the theaters, or what is the plan for uh, the release? Yeah, it will be in theaters uh, across the country. Um, it's definitely a film that's you know it's, it it will be in theaters, and um, the tentative release is summer two thousand thirteen. Okay, so you got you got you got a little bit of time left. Um, what um what other movies have you done in the past? Uh, well, if you, we just finished a sci-fi project called Castle Park that's going to be in theaters later this year as well. Um, did a film called Leslie of Summer. Um, that's a, a drama with Nikki Reed from Twilight and BJ Qualls from Hustle and Flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, documentaries as well. You know, I've been working with uh, uh, the majority of the music-based documentary films with uh, Sony, um, Sony Music, and uh, EMI uh, Capital Records. You know, I've been working with them. Oh, very cool. What is the? Um, I know you're working with the Pumping Iron team, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. What are they? What are they contributing to this? Are they going to be there for the editing process, or what is? Um, what is George and them doing? Oh yeah, well yeah, of course. Well, Jerome Gary is, is a producer on this right. film, and he's involved in the different uh, stages of the film. I mean, pretty much all the stages of the film, uh, from the content to the actual production, um, and to post production as well, and and the release. You know, so it's. Pretty much a producer across the board. Oh, cool! And um, and I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess for him, this has got to be uh, pretty huge because I mean, this is thirty what plus thirty plus years later from yeah. from the original, right? Yeah. 
it's amazing. You know, I was talk, we were talking about it, and it's it's fun. It's it's kind of funny to see how bodybuilding really, you know, came came out in '77 with the film, and really the film pretty much pumping you know, and made bodybuilding, and not just bodybuilding, but fitness in general, very yeah. popular in in this country and just across the world. You know, just it's funny how one film can make a difference like that, and it really did. And that's 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 a huge uh, accomplishment, I think. Um, but you know, like you mentioned, you know, thirty plus years later, making a new film, and I feel like you know, Pumping Iron when it came out, it just introduced the sport to the world. You know, it just kind of showed us what bodybuilding is. Well, the Generation Iron is, of course, thirty years, thirty plus years later, but it's really it's it digs a little bit deeper and it shows more of the characters and more of the struggles that they go through and the dedication, of course. And um, everything else that comes with a sport, and see how it really evolved from from the seventies. Vlad, do you think there's any chance that this movie, uh, Generation Iron, can do what Pumping Iron did for fitness back then, for us now? I think it can because you know it's. It seems like, even though gyms are everywhere, and there's still you know a huge uh, following for bodybuilding, but it seems like there's also a lot of. Uh, obesity going on, you know, and there's a lot of just, you know, uh, it's it just bodybuilding is, is a huge dedication, you know, and it's a, it's really a way of life, and I feel like it can definitely influence um, a lot of people towards the right path, of course, but most importantly, it's going to be a fun project to watch. I think that's the main goal, to make it as entertaining as possible. What, um, what do you, you know, I, uh, my, my, I guess my litmus test for for bodybuilding movies is every once in a while I'll force, I'll force my parents to watch some, you know, they watched bigger, stronger, faster. They've watched some of uh, Mike Pulsanella's films. Uh, one of the Kai Green yeah. first ones. And usually they don't, they don't make it through it. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, uh, they'll usually peter out somewhere towards the middle and then and that's it. They loved pumping iron. They made it through pumping iron. Do you think, do you think that the general, the, the way that you're making this film, it will appeal to the general public? Will my, will my parents be able to sit through it and enjoy it? That's the goal, you know, I, I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. And that's the approach. The approach is that my main goal is for anybody to watch the film and to enjoy the film, you know, um, outside of the bodybuilding world. I feel like bodybuilding fans, of course, they will appreciate it, you know, because they, that's what they love. And that's what they follow already. But the goal is to really cross over. I mean, and that's the reason why it's coming to theaters because, you know, it's not going to be just bodybuilding fans who will watch it. And the goal is to make it entertaining. And that's why, you know, the main thing about this film is the ca- are the characters. You know, it's, it's of course, working out on the gym is it's, it's definitely exciting and the supplements and everything, and, and it's fun to watch. But it's really about interactions and it's about characters and how they live their lives, you know, and, and, and their lifestyle is way different from, from a regular human being, you know, that just, you know, that just lives their life and goes to work. You know, it's completely different. And that's what's really going to make this film interesting. And that's the main focus on. All right, Vlad, before I let you go, um, is there any, um, is there a place that people can go to check out the most current information on the film as, as you guys are uh, finishing it up and the editing process and anything and everything? Absolutely. Uh, the website is generation-iron.com. This is the main website for the project, and, you know, as the film coming along, uh, you will get more and more updates on that. You'll be able to sign up to win prizes and all types of things on that, so people, everybody should go and check it out, generation-iron.com. 
And um, also the company's website is blotter.com. It's B-L-A-D-A-R.com, the production company. You can see the updates in the film as well. Great, great. And uh, Vlad, I would love to have you back as it comes closer to the, uh, to the film once you guys are in the editing process or are finished. And I would love to have you back so you can tell me about how the film's going and update all the listeners. Yeah, definitely. Let's make it happen. Thank you, Vlad. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, man. All right, that was Vlad Yudin of Generation Iron. Thank you guys for listening to Access Bible.